as we were um, in worship um, before Brittany texted me um, I was just here on the floor just meditating on him and the Lord took me to to John 3 Jesus talking to Nicodemus said in verse 5, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born from above. Because that's what again means in John chapter 3, verse 7 here. The word again literally means from above. You must be born from above. So as I'm meditating on that, (laughs) the Lord speaks to my heart and he said, Jesus told Nicodemus we have to be born from above, so why do we try to live from below? Or carnally, as even as I had shared a few weeks ago and as Mark shared last week, to live from a carnal perspective, a sense world, and that carnal, carnal doesn't isn't um, limited to doing things of sin. It literally means living from a natural perspective, seeing things from this this realm only. Why do we try to make uh, our relationship with the Lord? sound wrong but natural when we're supposed to be naturally supernatural born from above sons of God and as I was sitting here on the floor thinking about that I'm just going to be obedient I'm just going to sit right here hey Jeff And then Brittany shared what she did about this, the simple gospel. She said, I just have a burning in me to share about the simple gospel. And as I was thinking of that, I was reminded of, again, John chapter 3. And Jesus saying, you must be born from above. And honestly, I just started thinking about Our gathering. Let me, I'm going to get a stool because I can't see some of you. I'm too low. If I was Tyler's height, you could see me sitting on the step. He was standing over here earlier by the stage, and I was on the stage, and we're almost eye to eye. It's ridiculous. As I was saying, I uh, was just thinking about our service, and we said a few weeks ago about doing things differently, and 
I'm not even sure what that looks like, but what's stirring in my heart is this. It's easy to create a system, and I think that we have in our culture, to create a system where us being born from above becomes a truth that we agree with, but not necessarily a life that is lived out. I don't know if that makes sense. What I mean by that is this. We come to church to hear the priest give us a word so we can feel better about ourselves for another week or strengthened for another week instead of living from this place of I am now born from above so I can't just recognize people on this level. I can't just live from this place and I can't just create a system that helps me feel comfortable about living from this place. I have to, we have to grow not just in relationship but encounter experience with him. Again, um, the passage that just keeps, I keep meditating on over and over and over again. I shared it two weeks ago. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, for if we are beside, beside ourselves, verse 13, it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. If one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live, listen to this, should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. For though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. And that word know there is gnosko, the Greek word gnosko, and it literally means we've come to know him by experience. We've come to know him by experience. So I was meditating on that, and I'm thinking about what, how is our culture conducive to knowing him by experience? Does this make sense to anyone? Because if we, if we say we should know him by experience, but we create a system that where we're knowing him is by knowledge... We come and we expect someone else to give us knowledge that we didn't have so that we can know God better. But really what we're doing, it's a Western mindset of I'm gaining information, not growing in experience. Because if you study the, the Hebrew culture, it was one of, of apprenticeship. Even uh, the rabbis, they would be an apprentice under a rabbi they were, or a student under a rabbi. The rabbi would pick them, and they would live with them and do life with them, and they would learn. Doesn't that look a little bit like Jesus, what he did with the 12? Is he did life with them, and they encountered Jesus. And Nathan even challenged us some in this last week when he closed about getting to know those who are among us. Because it's in that place that there can be real challenge. Because if you don't have authentic relationship with people, then they can't challenge you. And it's good to be challenged. Amen. 
But yet we create cultures and systems that perpetuate this lifestyle of, if I just get information, then I've got it. But there's no real transformation because encounter brings transformation. Information can lead us into encounter and should, but encounter, and we can see that throughout the scriptures. People would hear of Jesus, right? They would hear of Jesus, then they would go see Jesus. And when they saw Jesus, they encountered him. And here's what I know. 100% of the time when they encountered Jesus, they left different. Some better, some worse. This week, I, while we were away, I was reading through John. And the scripture that just broke my heart is that the Pharisees came to see Jesus when, and they, he healed on the Sabbath. And the thing, the thing that rose up in them the most is that he healed on the Sabbath. It wasn't that a man that had been in bondage or was set free. It was that what he did went against their religious tradition. And, and I, Mark said this last week. Many times when we hear something that goes against what we know, we reject it as error just because it doesn't line up with our thought process. So it's easy for us to frame in our Jesus and what we want him to look like. What's comfortable. I was, uh, and it comes through fear. Let me, um, Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy... The one who has the power of death, that is the devil. Verse 15. Listen to this. And deliver those who, through fear of death, were subject to lifelong slavery. Those who, through fear of death, were subject to lifelong slavery. So what does that say? What does the word say? For perfect love does what? Cast out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. So when we, we were talking earlier about this love that God has for us, and I said I wanted us to encounter that love from here and not from here. Because when we encounter it from here, fear gets dismantled. But here in Hebrews 2, he said through fear of death, they were subject to lifelong slavery. Do you see that? Through fear of death, were subject to lifelong slavery. They lived their lives bound to fear, slaves to fear. Because what? Fear of death. Because they're living from this realm instead of from this realm. 
from heaven to earth, where we're seated in heavenly places to this earth, where we're supposed to. He said, when Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we can continue, or we do continue to just go to plug into this system that says, I can go and I can gain some information so that I can leave and have a greater understanding, not revelation, but understanding of what I quote unquote believe. But he said here, I just read that through, that he said, from now on we know no one according to the flesh, even though we once have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Let me back up. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge this, that if one died for all, then all died. So if, we're, if we died with him and we were resurrected with him, then death's already been defeated. Right? In the life of the believer, death has been defeated. See, the reason I see this puzzled look on your face is because we're still thinking from this realm. We're thinking from a natural, carnal realm. Death has been defeated, but people still die. But if we are alive in him, you will never die. But our attention and our focus is on this realm, and we want to do better in this realm. We want to have a better life in this realm. And I'm not against having a good life in this realm, but what I'm saying is he's showing me that we put so much attention into this realm that we miss the realm that we're born from. And we just continue to do what we've done because it feels good in this realm. And when challenge comes, we go, man, when we have to think different than we've done or we have to do different than we've done, many times people don't, aren't okay with that. And it's easier just to go find somewhere where they can do what they're familiar with than to be challenged in where they are. So what does all this mean? I don't know exactly yet. Except for this reality... That God is saying here through the scriptures in 2 Corinthians that he desires that we know him experientially. And if I am born from above and if I've joined myself to him so I'm one spirit with him, when you encounter me and I'm living from above, then wouldn't it be correct to say that you encounter him? So when we allow him to be seen in us and through us as we live in him, then we literally bring people into experience and encounter with him. And that doesn't come just through this atmosphere right here. So I'm going somewhere. It comes through interaction. It comes through seeing Jesus and other people and actually living from above and not just here in this carnal realm. Caught up in senses, in the sensual, but living from above and being okay with not having an answer for everything. Because that's definitely offensive to this Western culture mindset. <laughs> right, Shelly. Sometimes there's not an answer that you know. Because 
I've, I've shared it. Mark shared it last week. You know, we, John said, if everything that Jesus said and did was written down, the world itself wouldn't contain the volumes. Before we started, and then, um, and this is kind of where I'm at this morning. I felt like the Lord said this to me. He said, you don't have to strive to be led. In, John, in Luke 4, it says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. In Romans 8, it says, the true sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. We're led. That's not a striving thing. Here's what I felt he said. To be led, you have to listen as we listen, we learn. As we learn, we can lead. <laughs> and it's just not just cute, but that's what he was saying to me in a practical way, that we've got to learn that being led isn't a striving thing. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Walk, Galatians 5, walk in the Spirit, and you will not be uh, walk in the Spirit. I just went blank. Yeah, I've got it right here. Thank you. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the Spirit lusts against the flesh, lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so you not, do not do the things that you wish. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If we're led by the Spirit, we're not under the law. The law of the commandments is what it's talking about, written and engraving on stone. We're not under this system of striving to be accepted. So as we are led by the Spirit, we're living from a different place. We're living from a different realm. And that's what Jesus did. He lived from above. John 5, I only do what I see my Father doing. I only say what I hear my Father say. He was living from a different realm, from heaven to earth. And he said, that's who you are in me. You live from heaven to earth. And here, walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's about that word walk is that peripateo. It means you're what's familiar to you, that we live in the realm, the spirit realm, and we live from that realm in this natural earth in which we live. And I don't... Um, so as we're learning and we're listening and we're being led, it should cause change to happen in the natural realm, in my perspective, and how I see, and everything like that. Even as, as Mark said last week, and I keep reiterating it because I know that uh, I was told there were a lot of people out last week, so if you didn't watch last week, you should go back and watch it. It was really good. But he talked about this system and how this system will teach us what we're supposed to do to look a certain way. And he even gave the illustration of uh, we'll have a seminar on how husbands should love their wives instead of being loved because that's what we are. Because if I'm one with him and he is love, God is love, then I start living out of who I am, not striving to be something that I'm not. 
So that will affect the way that I love my wife, not because I was taught 10 steps to loving my wife, but because I'm starting to reflect the true image of who I am. And if we start doing that in this culture, in this setting right here, when we start loving like Christ loved us, then you know what's going to happen? There's going to be encounter. Because love sets the captive free. But I'm convinced it's not always going to be in a classroom-style setting. And I don't even know what that's supposed to look like. But I know this, if we don't start living this way with one another and allowing the life of God to come out of us toward one another, because there's things in Jay I need. There's things in Tim I need. And Mark, as I look around the room, in every one of you, there's things because it's the body coming together that represents the fullness. We all have a different aspect of him. There's things in Myrna I need. And she's faithful to let me know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Myrna's faithful to send me a text. She knows me, that I'm not always going to respond. But if something's stirring in her, she'll send me. On average, four or five a week. <laughs> Is that close? Two or three anyway. Every once in a while, I'll respond. But, but I know what's in her, and I need that. There's revelation she's walking in that I'm growing in. So if all we do is this, and someone or someones, if there's a two of us or one of us, we're up here and we're always talking and you're just doing that, how are we really growing? Right? Is that just too simple? <laughs> Because as I was there on the floor this morning, I really was just going to break, and probably still going to, just break everybody up into little groups and let Jesus manifest in the group. And you know what's awesome is to look at the fear on some faces when I say that. What do you mean Jesus is going to manifest? What do I have to do? Immediately, what do you get into? You get into works. You feel like there's something you've got to produce instead of just allowing the life. If you're born from above and you've joined yourself to his spirit, if you haven't, that was why Brittany shared what she did this morning. If you've never been born from above, she shared the simple gospel that Jesus came, born as a babe, lived a sinless life, paid for sin, became sin on the cross for us that we could put faith in him and be born from above. That's where it all starts. If you've never done that, then that's where you need to start this morning is you get born from above. And then we've got to go from being born from above to understanding what it is to live from that realm to this. And I'm telling you what it's not. It's not just coming to church every week and letting somebody else tell you what you believe. It's being led by the Spirit. Again, Romans 8, Galatians 5, 
2 Corinthians 5. That's the other scripture. that Did I read that earlier, 2 Corinthians 5? I don't think I did. Yeah, I did. But I stopped. I stopped at verse 16. Verse 17. See, this dilemma that I have is what caused me to get filled with the Holy Ghost. 20-some years ago. It's because I got out of Bible college, and I had gained a lot of knowledge. you, you got to understand, I knew scriptures much better then than I know now. I still have them in my heart, but then I could give you scripture verse. I could give you address, and I could defend what I believed. I could debate with you all of these religious things I could do. And I got out of school, and I was so frustrated because I felt empty. I could argue with you why being filled with the Holy Spirit was not for this day because I had taken the scriptures out of context that I needed to. And I read Hebrews 13, 8. That's why it's my life's verse. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because when I read that, I said, this doesn't go along with what I was taught all these years and what I can quote unquote defend with my Bible because I was taught he was this way, then he went to heaven and all the apostles died and so did the power and everything else. Now, what we have is a good book that we can base our life on, not a relationship that we can encounter. And I read Hebrews 13, 8 and it said, nope, that was wrong. So I began, I began this quest and this journey to know him. And it was up and down, there was a lot that had to come out and stuff that had to come in. But sometimes you got to get stuff out before others can come in. Because if you're full of yourself and your religion, there's no room for anything else to come in. Mark is challenged. He challenges me all the time. <laughs> That's why I love our relationship. But Mark, now if you've heard him speak, he refers to God as Yahweh, to Jesus as Yeshua. He talks about these mental paths that we create in our mind, which is a real thing you can study, the, the uh, neuropathways that establish in your mind. So when you hear something, it immediately makes you think this way. Are you with me? Everybody still here? So we cre create this grid that we put God on when we hear that word. Are you with me? So I respect that, that he is, he refers to him as Yahweh. And I think Joyce did even last week. It's yod Hey vav Hey, And the, <laughs> this wrecks me because when they would say his name, it was literally like breath. You know, we say this is the air I breathe. But it was literally yod Hey vav Hey. That's the way they would say it. It was breathing out and breathing in. yod Hey vav Hey. I don't know about you. I do that a few more times and I'm gone. <laughs> because he's not a, a book. He's a living person that desires for us to be in encounter with him. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But what's happened in our lives is we've taken the new and placed it on top of the old. And instead of creating a new way of thinking, 
Just like he said, it was so good. If I'm one spirit with the Lord, how can I feel separate from him? If I feel separate from him, it's not coming from my heart, it's coming from my head. So if I feel that when I come to church, it's because I have to get something, I've created a, a pathway in my mind that I'm not coming because I carry something, I'm coming because I have to have it to keep going. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So if we're truly born from above, then the only way that we're going to be fulfilled in this life is if we're, if we're releasing the realm from which we are born. So there has to be a place that we do that. But it, it can't be just here. So that's why I say what we're going to do. I'm not sure yet because what I see is that we can create another system or structure that looks different than our other but we're still just doing a thing. It just looks differently now. And we'll pat ourselves on the back and say we're spiritual. Amen. So what we're going to do today is we're going to stand. That's an invitation to stand. And I want to challenge us hmm. You heard me read it a lot out of Romans 12 in the New Living Translation. He said, don't pretend to love others, really love them. So here's what I want us to do. I want you to find someone... Not someone that you normally talk with, 
and just know them. Just get to know them. And what I mean by that is, it doesn't have to be, what's your greatest, latest, greatest revelation of God? That might be offensive. But here's what I know through experience. That when I authentically love people, knowing that I'm one with him and he is love and I have that same love to release, when I authentically love people for who they are, where they are, Jesus manifests. What do you mean he manifests? His tangible presence will show up. Sometimes just in listening. Not listening to give an answer, but listening to hear. Does that make sense? Not looking for someone that you can download all your new revelation on. Not that that's not important. If God's got something stirring on the inside of you, share it. But don't work something up so that you can look spiritual. Does that make sense? All right. This is a little awkward, right? It's okay. I'm just trying to be led. So you're free to move about the cabin. For those online, give somebody a call. Talk to them. <laughs>